What is truth? Who has the truth? Who is truth? As we begin the XP Faith and Truth series here at John Wesley United Methodist Church, I pray that this message will give you the foundation for where we're headed. Truth is not a set of rules. It's actually a person, Jesus Christ. And we are called to connect the world to Jesus Christ, not to a set of rules, but to the way, the truth, and the life. So how we do that and the task that is before us is so essential because we want to connect people with the truth that transforms, not truth that simply convicts or truth that pushes people away, but truth that transforms. So I pray that you listen to this message and you begin to live your life as a follower of Christ in this way. God bless and have a great week. Before we get started, I just want to uh, tell, uh, say thank you to the choir. Let's uh, give them a round of applause. Um, many of you know our director of uh, music and worship, uh, Phil Hooper, is uh, recovering from an illness and he's doing much better, but uh, they've been without their leader for a while. Stephen Bayless has been a part of that and leading them as well as uh, Judith Nelson and appreciate them. And many of you might not know, and even our visitors, that they're actually off for four weeks. But these folks, in the midst of their ministry, is off. They're still showing up, and they're still singing. So we really, really appreciate that. Uh, it, it heightens our worship, of course. Well, let's, um, I want to talk to you about this symbol up here. Um, this is a Christogram, a Christogram, and it is one of the earliest, and you probably have seen it before. You might see it around the church in different uh, places. It's called the Cairo, uh, XP. If I looked at it from an English standpoint, I'd say XP, and that's why we're calling the series XP, but it's really Cairo. It comes from the first two letters of Jesus, of Christ, in Greek. So that's how you would spell Christ in Greek. So if you know Greek letters, but the chi and the rho, okay? And so you have Cairo. And there is also a Latin term that came uh, sort of in the community of believers in the early church, and that is fidus et veritas. And uh, fidus et or fidus et veritas, it, whatever way you say it, but it means faith and truth, okay? Faith and truth. And so we're taking the Cairo, the XP, and this faith and truth, and we're going to be discussing over the next few weeks what are some of our beliefs of our faith? What are some of the truths of our faith? And so today we're going to be starting with truth because we live in a world that needs a whole lot of truth. We need a whole lot of truth in our own lives. It seems like the, that truth has been on trial, right, lately. And it's probably been in trial for a long time. People would say that actually truth was on trial 2,000 years ago. We would as Christians in Jesus Christ. Now there's 7 billion people in the world. We, we top that number some years ago, seven billion people. Can you imagine that? And two billion of those people believe in Jesus, they say. So there's five billion people out there that think of other things as the truth. There's two billion people that supposedly have the truth. Who has the truth, right? What is the truth? And 
it says in John chapter 18, actually, when Jesus was there with Pilate before he was uh, crucified, he's standing there with Pilate. Pilate says, what is truth? Even Pilate was asking that question many, many years ago, and people continue to ask that question, what is truth? Who has the truth? So it brings us to our scripture today, 1 John chapter 2. And if you have your Bibles in any form or fashion, your scriptures, please turn to 1 John chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 19 through 27. What I want to do is first I want to read this, and it sets us up for the rest of the sermon. And part of why I want to read this first is because there's some challenging things in this. There's tons of truth in this, but this leads us into sort of the application of the rest of the message and how we live this out. So it says, John says, these people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. But you are not like that, for the Holy One has given you his spirit, and all of you know the truth. So I'm writing to you, not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain or abide in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life he has promised us. I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain or abide in fellowship with Christ. So to move forward, I'm just going to assume some things about all those gathered here in this room. Whether it's exactly true or not, I'm going I'm to try to assume that you already know the truth. You know the veritas. Okay, you, um, you know the difference between truth and lies. You believe. You have this uh, fitus, all right? You have faith in Christ. And so you already have the Holy Spirit speaking into your life, as we've heard John say. And so you know the truth, okay? And it lives within you. And you are people of the Word. You are people who read the Scriptures and read uh, God's holy words. We believe as Christians that God's holy words are inspired. They're authoritative in the Christian life, right? And that's how we see the Bible. So I don't have to convince you that this is true. I don't, I'm not trying to convince you that you need to abide and stay connected to Jesus. I'm assuming that's what you want, and that's how you're living your life. So those two questions still are there, sitting before us, though. Who has the truth? What is the truth? The reality is we live in a world in which people do not believe like we believe as Christians. 
There are people far from God. There are people outside, you could say, of the Jesus life who struggle to know truth, who struggle to know the truth that we believe in. It's called relativism. There's a a philosophical thought that we sort of live around. Many of you know relativism is this understanding, this position that the points of view are all equal. Every single point of view is equal because all truth is relative to the individual and their experience. So all um, moral positions, all religious systems, all art forms, all political uh, movements, all truth is based off a personal understanding. Now, for some reason, if all truths are accepted and all positions are accepted, as Christians, as we move into the world and we believe that there are absolute truths because we believe uh, absolute truth comes from an absolute God and that these truths are overarching, there are there are God-absolute truths that we believe in. For some reason, we become labeled intolerant bigots or nutcases, right? And that's the tension that we deal with, right? And again, because not seven billion people don't all believe what we believe. And so we are armed, though, with the gospel truth. We, we are armed with a story of good news. We aren't just armed with the scriptures, which a lot of times Christians walk out into the world and say, well, I'm armed with scriptures, a set of rules, right? But the scriptures are a truth about God. The scriptures are a truth about a person, Jesus Christ, about a relationship, about an experience. Jesus says what in the Gospel of John? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says, I am the truth. The truth is not a set of rules but Jesus himself. So it's not who has the truth or what is the truth. For us, it would be who is the truth? Jesus. Jesus is the truth. Again, not a set of rules, but Jesus himself. So that's what we're armed with. That's what we have. As we move into a world that maybe doesn't know the truth, maybe doesn't understand truth like we see the truth. So We're armed with these things, but unused truth doesn't do anybody any good. Unused truth is like a a gallon of gasoline sitting in your garage and your car's out of gas in the driveway, right? Or or a pint of bluebell ice cream, right? Uh, And no one's eating it, right? It's useless, right? Um, It's no good to anybody. So what do we do with this truth that we believe in? What do we do with this truth that has transformed our lives and changed us? How do we live each and every day? How do we um, move into society? How do we move into the, the world in which we find ourselves and actually make an impact? How do we help transform the people around us and the culture and the world in which we live? John Stott, Pastor John Stott, he said this. He said, you know, Truth without love is too hard, and love without truth is too soft. We need to look at Jesus for how we can effectively combine them both. 
What a beautiful statement. How do we combine this truth? How do we combine love? See, we have this Jesus mandate to live a life and be a legitimate source of light and truth in the world in which we find ourselves. And this world is filled with skeptics, skeptics about the truth. And so what is our task? I think our task is this, is that we need to live in the world by living out a truth that transforms. We need to, our task is to live in the world by living out a truth that transforms. Not, not just living out a truth, but we believe that this truth, Jesus Christ, transforms. And so we need to live out a truth that transforms. Truth without love, truth without grace is just noise, isn't it? It really is. Now, hear this. Your Christian truth, your Christian Bible is absolutely worthless and not relevant at all to the world and to people who don't believe like you if no one's listening to you. You got it? If no one's listening to me or to you, it does the world no good, (laughs) right? This Bible, these, these rules maybe, or even this truth in Jesus Christ, if no one's listening to us, and no one is listening to you or I if they don't believe that we care for them, if they don't believe that we love them. There was this gentleman who was prone to bitterness. He was also a Christ follower. And he was a little upset about some of the things that they used to put in Cheerios, or they put in Cheerios, and so he was upset with General Mills. And so he drove to the Twin Cities where the General Mills um, headquarters were, and he actually burned a box of Cheerios on the front lawn. I mean, it's a little crazy, right? Um, and, And so ask yourself this question. Did he have the right to protest? Yes. Lives in America. He can protest that way all he wants. Even as a Christian, he could protest that way. Was there truth in his protest? Well, probably so. Whatever he was upset about that was included in Cheerios, he was mad about and he burned it. Did it help him to live the Jesus way? No. Did it help others live the Jesus way? Not really. James chapter one, verse 20 says, human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Doesn't produce the righteousness in you that God desires, and it does not produce the righteousness in others. Human anger does not produce righteousness that God desires. So I asked myself this question about that man and what he did. Did he connect people to Jesus? No. He connected people to maybe his own version of some sort of truth, and it might have been actual truth. So, truth be told, Christians are supposed to be good news people. But a lot of times when it comes to truth, we're bad news people. No one wants to listen to us, right? We use truth in the wrong way. We use truth as a weapon, not a savior. We use truth to hurt people, not to actually forgive and to move people into reconciliation. We are known for more about what we're against than what we're for, right? And so, there are, are people in the world as Christians who are, um, you could say, truth slayers. I call them truth mongers, right? And they're all over social media. I see them all the time. As a pastor, I just cringe when I see that. And, they, and they're all into, they want to, um, they're more concerned with proving their point, right? 
They're more concerned with having the last word, being critical and judgmental of people who don't believe the truth that you believe in the first place, and they lack the love and the grace-filled compassion as a follower of Christ. They're actually at times seen by other people, the people that we're actually supposed to reach in the world as raging lunatics, it seems like, and maniacs and toxic attitudes, right? And I, and I think, is that who Jesus wants us to be? Is, is, this, the, is this the way that people are gonna know this one we, we know is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life? I think not. I think that's probably a small view of God. Because I think a big view of God is when we connect people to Jesus, he does transform, change our life. He shapes our life. And so the truth about the world is this. The truth is filled with lies. I mean, the world is filled with lies, right? I mean, there, there's all sorts of false truths out there in the world. And we are called to live a life that's not just angry at everyone who disagrees with our truth, all right? and the truth we're trying to share. But yes, there are lies. We deal with them all the time. Everything that we hear a lot of times seems to be a lie coming from somewhere in the world. But the truth is, the goal is, if we're in a Jesus business, is to connect people to Jesus. And when we connect people to Jesus, the truth, the veritas, when people connect to him, they begin to see the truth in their life. The Holy Spirit actually does something, and then truth, transforms. That's truth that transforms. Not, not truth that offends or truth that pushes away, but that's truth that transforms. Pastor and author Matt Brown, he puts it this way. He says in his book, Truth Plus Love, love minus truth is equals error. But then he says, truth plus love equals influence. And we're called to have influence as followers of Christ. And so truth plus love equals influence. I think that's true. The Apostle Paul says, hey, you're supposed to speak the truth in love. Now, speaking truth is not love, okay? Don't mix it up. Don't add to the Bible, right? You're supposed to speak truth in love. So some people would say, hey, People need to hear the truth, Marty. I agree with you 100%. I'm a preacher. I, I, I want people to know Jesus. I want people to know the truth. Sure. But for some reason, love and grace and gentleness matters in how we share truth with people. I mean, it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, and if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and a respectful way. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1, the, the love chapter, it says, if I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, or if Paul says, if I really, if I could speak all the languages of truth, <laughs> right, but don't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Truth without love is just noise. It's not truth that transforms anyone. But, but, but Marty, um, the, the Bible says, you know, you need to tell people truth, the truth. It's, it, it means we're loving them. If we just tell people the truth, we're loving them. If we don't tell them the truth and we're not loving them, well, yes, Jesus is, the Jesus life has standards. 
You can't just, it's a license, it's not a license of sin. I mean, the gospel, the message of the gospel is that you, you leave an old life and you move to a new one. You become new in Jesus Christ. I, I understand that. But if I'm an overweight person in some form or fashion, I have, I have a fat belly, I'll tell you that, underneath my shirt. And if, if you're a fat person, we brought a fat person up here or an overweight person, we just said, you're fat. That might be the truth. If you came up to me and just said, Marty, you're fat, I'd be like, yeah, I am fat. But that doesn't help. Ultimately, for me, the feeling would be, or for somebody else, that you don't have my best interest in mind. And so, speak truth in love, right, to those who are far from God. Do we do that in the kingdom way? And that's truth that transforms. Some might say, hey, you need to have righteous truth. You need to have righteous anger, right? Jesus overturned the tables. We need to get upset. We need to be about that. Well, I think that you look at Jesus' life, and Jesus was a man who lived in no sin. Anybody here got that down yet? Right? I don't see any Jesuses here. And then some might say, hey, the Old Testament had prophets. They were always raging against um, the people of Israel, even for the people outside of Israel. Well, I don't, I don't know. Are you called to be a prophet? I don't know many prophets. Some of you might be called to that, but I, I don't know any, and I, I don't feel like I am. So we're supposed to stand up against culture. We should. We talked about that last week. The kingdom of God is this upside-down way of doing things, backwards, yes. But we gotta connect people not just to our version of what we think is the truth or our version of the argument, right, we need to connect people to the real truth, and that's Jesus. Because l- loving loudly is not screaming loudly. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not, it's not over-intensity about truth is really, most of the time, false spiritual maturity. So James, in chapter 3, uh, Jesus' brother says, but the wisdom, or you could say the truth, from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap harvest of righteousness. We wonder why people in our midst or people outside the church or even the culture have never truly been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And why they don't want to hear the truth about Jesus. And a lot of times it's, we're giving them the wrong thing. We're giving them our version of the truth, but we're not giving them the truth who is a person, Jesus Christ, right? Yes, there's lies, there's false truths in the world, and, but the love of Jesus transforms people. Right? That's a big view of God. And so I think our task is this. Our task is to live in the world by living out a truth that transforms. And to live out truth that transforms, you actually have to have love and truth. you got to have 
grace and truth. You gotta integrate those things. And we look at the life of Jesus, and we are called Jesus followers. We're called to be disciples of Jesus. We're supposed to live how Jesus lived. And so we have to look at his life. We have to know his stories. We need to know the gospels. We need to study the gospels. They are truth for us. And so we need to have this harmony. And then we are actually sent out into the world with that integration of love and truth. So what is the color that we associate with going? Green, right? Green is go, right? Red is stop, okay? And so um, I have a little visual for you, and you've probably seen this before. Pastor Todd's going to help me out. It's school, right? And so time, and so we gotta, we got to bring in some school stuff. Okay, so we've got love and we got truth. And you can put this with truth and grace or whatever, but you have truth, right? <laughs> we got a whole lot of truth, right? We got about five billion people that don't know the truth, right? And if you just scream at the world, it does no good. It doesn't transform anybody, and it's certainly not the Jesus life. But we add love, and that's the color that we need to go with, right? We know, right, yellow and blue make green, right? I mean, that's the thing that we're armed with, right? We should be armed with integration, thank you, of love and truth. This is what we go into the world with. We might be surprised how it begins to transform our own life and those around us. I want to close with this. I want to speak to those in here, as we would say, or within the family of God or believe this truth, Jesus Christ, or maybe you're seeking it. In verse 27 in our scripture earlier, it ended with this. It said, so just as he has taught you, okay, remain or abide in fellowship with Christ. When we remain and abide in fellowship with Jesus Christ, we are connected to Jesus, we will understand what the lies of the world are. We will also not be tossed to and from or blown by the, the most new teachings of things of this world, all right? We will stay grounded and we will live within the truth. But we do live in a world of lies at times and, and false truths. And a lot of times it presses in on us. And a lot of times we find ourselves believing the lies and who we are and who we are not. And so I just want to close us with this. I want you and I, I want us to remember that God loves you more in this moment than any other person could love you for a lifetime. And God knows the truth about you. He knows everything that's bad about you and everything that's good about you. He knows everything about you, the best and the worst. And he still loves you. And he still loves me. And to me, that's truth. That is the truth that leads to transformation. That is the truth that leads away from sin. That's the truth that the world needs to hear. That's the truth that sets you free. Let's go to God in prayer.
Lord, you have given us so much. You've given us yourself. Um, we gather here and, and we know that at times we have to, Lord, we have to fight against some of the lies of the world and the false truths. Lord, you didn't arm us with some set of rules. You didn't arm us with some sort of truth that we can go out and just wield as a sword, Lord. You armed us with the truth, the way, the truth, and the life, a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the thing we should be sharing. That's the truth that we need should be sharing with people in gentleness and love and grace. That's the truth that transforms. So empower us, Lord, as we enter into conversations on social media or with our neighbors or family or friend or coworkers or our fellow students, teammates, whatever it is. Or thus remember that we need to integrate love and truth and connect people and point people to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I hope you enjoyed this message, and if you did, I invite you to support our ministry by giving online at jwumc.org give. I also would invite you to find a church to attend on a regular basis or join us at John Wesley on Sunday mornings at 8.15, 9 o'clock, and 11.15. God bless and have a great week.